we don't pretend that people don't have hard times. Right. Absolutely. And we Every don't pretend that there aren't food deserts and that there aren't education deserts. We do firmly believe that the best policies to overcome food deserts, the best policies to create opportunities in areas where there are no opportunities mm -hmm. are conservative policies. Right. We believe that investing in underserved communities that create jobs rather than investing to dependency, that's the way out. If you show a man how to fish, he'll never go hungry. You show him how to put that worm on the hook and cast that net out there, he will always have food because he, now you've taught him how to do something, how to do it. Welcome to Political Contessa. I'm Jennifer Nassor, and this show is here to support your interest in center-right politics, policy, and breaking news. Listen in and discover how to awaken your inner ideal candidate. And if you're ready, how you can jump in and change the world as a runner or a supporter. Welcome to Political Contessa. If you or a friend have ever considered running or you know a woman who should, I've got something just for you. My quick guide called Secrets from the Campaign Trail. It will show you five signs to tell you you're ready to enter the political arena. To get these tips and learn about all new podcast episodes and ways to get involved, head over to politicalcontessa.com. I'm so excited to have with me today on Political Contessa, Dee Dee Bass Wilbin and Deanna Bass Williams that have written a book called Prayer and Pound Cake, which I love the name. And it is kind of, you know, a, a how-to guide on thriving and surviving in your own business. But then also they are the hosts of a really fun podcast that I loved listening to called Policy and Pound Cake, though I know sometimes you kind of you mess up those names sometimes, right? And you call it prayer and pound cake. <laughs> but I'm so excited to have Didi and Deanna with me today just to discuss all these fun issues that we hear about all the time in the news and I think impact us every day. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Yes, thank you for having us. It's great. You know what? I was telling you earlier that I hate doing, not that I hate doing a podcast by myself, but you know, I feel like I'm just talking about the things that I'm talking about and the issue that's just driving me crazy. And I sit on a bunch of boards and always at meetings and someone comes up with something that just seems so ridiculous to me. And then I come home and I record a podcast off of the idiocy <laughs> that, I had to, that I had to sustain in the meeting. And so it's great to have other people to talk to that also have to hear something sometimes that make you scratch your head and say, they actually really just say that. So let's see. I don't even know where to start. I think I want to start in this. I always feel like there's such hypocrisy on the left. And I, I have a lot of friends that are Democrats. Of course, I live in a very blue state. I live in Massachusetts. I have a lot of Democratic friends. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the far, far left and the hypocrisy that goes on where, you know, they are always right, which is funny because we're on the right and we're always wrong because we're on the right. And so, you know, the hypocrisy starts there. <laughs> we should be right because we're on the right. And, you know, it just keeps going on. It's the science of it's the mask. You wear a mask, your child needs to wear a mask, but I, you know, Stacey Abrams can take a picture with a bunch of kindergartners. They're wearing masks. I'm not, you know, it is Nancy Pelosi can kiss President Biden, not wearing a mask and have COVID. And yet all of us were in lockdown for weeks and weeks on end. You know, it goes on and on and on. And so one of the things that I, you know, I want to talk to you guys about is how do we bring people back to fairness, to right and wrong? How we were all raised with, you know, there are winners and there are losers. And then you just kind of deal with it and you make yourself better. You know, there's, it is right to pay for goods and services. It is wrong to go and steal something. And I feel like a lot in what we hear about a lot today, ranging from foreign policy, you know, what's going on overseas in Ukraine to what we see at the border. It's all a matter of what's right and what's wrong. Well, thank you so much for having Dina and I. We're really excited to be here talking with you today. And Dina always says the marketplace of ideas. 
we always say that we want to hear and listen to other people and we welcome the opportunity to listen and talk to other people with completely different views than ours. Not that it's gonna change our views of what we think and how we feel, but we want to hear what other people have to say. And we give them that opportunity to speak their mind, to say what they wanna say, so that we can just maybe hear a nugget or learn something different. Unfortunately, we don't get that same in return from people that are on the left, far left, they don't want to hear. They don't allow us to say what we want to say. And if we do, then we're just canceled and excluded from the conversations or anything else going forward. Didi's right. And so we like to say that on, on our podcast, in our life, we like to curate conversations, right? We want to curate civil discourse yep. in the public square. Mm-hmm. And we do that by being willing to, like, we don't unfriend. It takes a whole lot for us to unfriend you. Like, we, we just we, don't unfriend yeah, you. Yeah, we don't unfriend people. Because we believe that we are made stronger and better by diverse conversations. Yep. And we also, we don't support selective outrage. And that's what we get a lot certainly in the mainstream media, and we get it from our social media community. So if it's bad for the left to do it, it's bad for the right to do it. If it's bad for the right to do it, it's bad for the left to do it. And what we're seeing on the border right now is an example of complete selective outrage. No one's talking about kids in cages, even though they were in these, whatever you want to call them, they were there during the Obama administration, they were there during the Trump administration. They're there now. Right. So this didn't all they didn't go, go away, go away. But AOC is not crying on the border right now. Exactly. You know what I mean? And another example is the laptop. We know that. Oh, that my goodness. Hunter Biden's laptop were the laptop of a Republican, certainly a Trump child. Right. And that would be still would be 24 seven news coverage. And this is the thing, like we don't Right is right, wrong is wrong. And if, and quite frankly, if that left did belong to a Trump child, I would want them to investigate it. it? I mean, there's a story there. Exactly. Whether it turns out to be a big flop and there's nothing on the laptop, then we'll find out. But there's a story there. And it should be investigated. Regardless of whose child it is, it should be investigated. So we don't accept selective outrage from the left or the right. So that doesn't always get us win us favors on the right, because when the right is doing wrong, we want- We will have to say say you're doing wrong. I mean, I do the same with my children and Dina calls herself a paint. She's a professional aunt, no kids. But you have to, when someone is doing something wrong or speaking out of turn, you have to tell them that's not how it's done and that's not how you behave, whether it's our friends on the right or our friends on the left. And Dina and I are very equal in doing that. And we've been canceled by friends that we've had for- 20 plus Over years half of our life. have completely when they found out that we voted for president trump twice and i'm happy to say that i voted for him twice we've had friends who have completely written us off people that we literally considered family and love deeply just wrote us off and the people who accept us still it's almost as if oh they're extending us grace like we will give you a pass because clearly you're crazy so we'll <laughs> No, we're not crazy. We examined the results four years of Trump. Right. We like what we got and we voted for it again. Right. And we have no shame in that. You know, I will say that on the left, and I think there was an Axios poll that showed this, the intolerance on the left. And people always want to assume that, oh, the left, they're open, they're they're willing to to embrace new ideas. And that just doesn't bear out to be true. And so we're not talking about on the level of like national politics, we're just talking about dealing with people in everyday life. We want to be extended the same courtesy of of being able to share our ideas that are not criminal. We want to be able to share them. Just common sense. Just we say common sense in the same way that the left can share their ideas. That's what I say. Common sense, conservative, right? I can be compassionate. I could be thoughtful. I could find, you know, good solutions and work with people who are on the left if they want to work, you know, with me on finding a solution. But if you're just going to say you're wrong because you think Trump's policies are good, we're good. 
Yeah, well, they were. I mean, we were safe. We were prosperous. We weren't worried that we we're going to have all the migrants coming over and hurting our children. Fentanyl coming into the country the way that it's coming in right now, killing kids. I don't care if your kid is 25 years old, still someone's kid. Putin wasn't threatening the global balance of order. Right. Exactly. And everyone knew there was a leader. And right now what you see and, you know, other news networks can spin it how they want to spin it. But when you see pictures and you see video of President Biden walking off of a stage, putting his hand out, looking like he's going to shake someone's hand and then kind of circling around, looking to see if someone's behind him and there is no one there for him. It makes you really concerned. It is very concerning that the vice president laughs at important questions. She has nothing to say. She cackles that she is not actually a leader. It is really unfortunate that the next one in line is also a woman in her 80s who is also slowing down a lot, listening to the super uber liberal left that call themselves democratic socialists. And that is concerning to me. Right. And so it is, you know, yes. Did I like Trump's policies? I did because he was actually a leader who led in front. He didn't lead from behind. Absolutely. What's even more frightening is that those individuals that you just mentioned are considering possibly running again. (laughs) God help us. That's frightening. That is very I have no idea how that is even possible, but you're right. And, you know, as far as the thing that is terrifying to me is that when you look at Nancy Pelosi now, she seems like a moderate compared to the people dragging her party to the left. Right. Like the fact that we can actually say, okay, we might be able to work with Nancy Pelosi. She's clearly not a moderate. Far left policies are so left leaning that she's considered a moderate. Didi and I were on a conference call, maybe just before the new year, with women who were saying how <laughs> awful it is that it was a bipartisan group and they were talking about how, oh, we can't work with the far right because they support QAnon. And this, I was like, first of all, I don't know what are you talking about. I, I've never <laughs> even met a Q person, these QAnon people. But get this on this same Zoom. There were women on the left who, in their 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 name is, they identified as they. And we were having conversations with them as mainstream left people on the left. But but they're talking about people. No, no mainstream conservative is having tea with QAnon people. But we are literally on a Zoom meeting with grown, highly educated women who identify as they. And that's now the left's mainstream. That's the problem. Yes. Actually, I'm so happy you brought that up. So that is one of the things. So I have a a very close friend who is a Democrat who, and I have given him hell over this over the past couple of years. And a couple of years ago, he said, I don't know what's with these, you know, millennial kids. Like, you know, everything has to be fair and everything has to be they, them. You have to say he, her, whatever. And then pops on a Zoom one day. And he's got he, him. And I was like, I'm just going to say before anyone else gets on the Zoom, are you kidding? Like he got sucked into this whole thing. Look, you're a chick, you're a chick, you're a dude, you're a dude. Like that's it. If you look like it, if you're not, then there is no reason if you are a female to have her, hers. If you're male, he, him, you are male, you are female. If there is a question, then I understand you want to put it up there. But if I'm looking at you and you're women, I don't need you to tell me that you're a woman. I see you're a woman. And how am I I defining you as her? I want to define you as the name that comes on the screen. It's so distracting, I think, from the conversation. But these people had they. Right. So I wanted to know. And you're on a female call. You're on a call with all women, right? Right. right. No, but, but no, they, but one person, one person, one person identified it wasn't she, her. It was that one person identified as they. So I'm just going to get like, oh, yeah. So just by her name, it's like in Mary and in parentheses, it said they. they. And so I'm like, well, there's only one person in your block, Mary. Where is the group? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's that's the other thing that confuses me. There's got to be a different terminology than they them, because in the English dictionary, that would mean that there is more than one person. It is only you as a person. So identify as something. We all have to pick something like we have to pick the home that we live in, the car that we drive. The You know, everyone has to make a choice. At some point, you have to make a choice. 
No, and it comes down to what's right, what's wrong, and what are you teaching people, and where do you want to go? And when I consult with young women, you know, in general, even, and I say, even as a 50 year old, I still don't know what the heck I want to do when I grow up, right? So when I talk to young women and I say, don't look at this for where you want to be in 10 or 15 or 20 years, where do you want to be in five? right? Where do you want to be five years after that? Take it in five-year chunks. And so it is the planning, it is the teaching, it is incumbent upon us. And one of the interesting things, because I think you guys are roughly around my generational (laughs) part of the world, but one of the other things is, is just the, where did our generation go? Where did Generation X go? Because we are so busy working so hard and waiting for the generation above us and one above them to retire that I think we completely forgot. And this younger generation, this very woke, very liberal generation, and I don't want to say millennials because they're not all like this, came up out of nowhere and said, oh, we're the kids of the hippies and we believe in freedom free love and peace and whatever. Okay, that's great. But I don't find it to be peaceful to release prisoners from jail before they're ready. I don't find it peaceful to let drug smugglers into the country with fentanyl to potentially kill any of our children. I don't find it safe to allow any of these folks out on the streets to rape or murder our children or our families. Right. I mean, you see the woman in New York City who was stabbed 58 times. Just these things, these are real life things. They happen to real people. They tear real families apart. And so where is the peace and love in all of that that happens? And that is gone. It is gone. You know, Didi, I don't know what we talk about this often and I don't know what to blame it on. I don't want to, sometimes I think there's a microwave culture that they want everything fast. They don't understand what it means to work for stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like once people start working and they have all these things taken out for taxes, then they'll feel, they'll understand more responsible. I don't really know what, is it social media? Is it seeing these airbrushed lives that create depression? I have no idea, but you're right. We like we are literally latchkey from the latchkey kid generation. Mm-hmm. I would get home about an hour and a half before anybody got home. I make me a bologna sandwich, watch the end of the edge of night. <laughs> oh, I watched General Hospital. <laughs> but also, we had we had to do yard work. Like nothing was given to us. You nothing. know, we Dee Dee had multiple jobs at the mall, and you know, I worked on high school campus. It's like. So we're trying to figure this out ourselves and we don't want to be like those progeny old people who say, kid, get off my yard. But I feel like I've turned into this, I don't understand this generation, people who want everyone to have, I don't have everything that everyone has because I haven't worked at the same level that other people have worked. Right. Like what I have is at the level of where I've worked. Exactly. And I'm okay with it. I might work a little harder, get a little more, but I'm not going to get any more than I've worked right. for. Right, than what you put out. I feel like, you know, you say this airbrush generation or whatever. I always say it's like the Kardashian phenomenon, right? Like they just kind of popped out of nowhere, but they didn't pop out of nowhere, right? Their dad was a really successful attorney. They had access to Paris Hilton and Kim were good friends back in the day. We know that, you know, most people, I always feel like there's got to be some history book, whether it's pop culture or like actual history that's given to everyone and you're force fed to read it before you could actually ever post anything, speak about anything, run for office, right? because you don't remember what actually happened in the past. But, you know, that's where they came from. And then they were able to capitalize it and market themselves and have had good business acumen and whatever, you know, sitting around and laughing and laying in bed together. Very cute. They did it. And that's great. That's not what the average person can do. I ran for office a couple of years ago. And one of the topics, this goes to what you're saying about where you live. It was my opponent, very liberal, and talked about, affordable housing. She was 30 years old at the time and an affordable housing expert. I don't know how you're an expert in anything when you're 30. I feel like that's a little too young, but you know, that's fine. You know, you could be working on your expertise, but you're not quite there yet. So she went off and said, you know, she was an affordable housing expert. Then when I was asked about affordable housing, my answer was always, I think affordable housing is wonderful. I think we need, we need housing that is affordable for people to live. You know, we want people to live and work near their jobs. But if you're talking about putting public housing in the middle of Boston, downtown Boston, which has one, no transportation or terrible transportation, two, no public schools, and three, 
no jobs that folks are working at other than law firms, financial institutions, and maybe some high-end shops. I don't think it's good. I don't know why this seems like a good idea. So I'm in favor of affordable housing. We should all be able to live in a place we can afford, in a place that is safe, in a place that is comfortable, right? But we don't all get to live like, yeah, wouldn't you love to live in Beverly Hills? I mean, who wouldn't love to shop on Rodeo Drive and drive a Maserati? (laughs) Absolutely. But that's not reality. So that might seem fair to you, but that's not fair to the person who worked their tail off. And, you know, I go back all the time to Elon Musk. I was really tough on Elon Musk, you know, about six months ago because it was like, don't try to tax all of us more, go after them more. And Elon Musk finally came out and started talking and he makes sense. He already pays a ton of money in taxes. He already pays a ton of money, whether it's corporate or personal taxes. He's already doing his part. He has tried to help the climate issue by coming up with a car that is electric. He has done his part and he is getting killed. And where's the fairness in that? Just because you decided you wanted to take a different route in life and be an artist doesn't mean that you get to, you weren't an innovator, right? You, you have a wonderful life, but you don't get to live his life. Right. right. Absolutely. And your, and your point about we want people to live in safe neighborhoods, clean neighborhoods, to have good schools. But the idea that I don't know where we moved into an idea in America where everyone gets a trophy and everyone gets to live in the, we were just actually, we went on vacation. My 20 year old nephew chose LA. I know it's a weird place to go. We went to LA for vacation and we were driving through Beverly Hills and and I still have on my phone, the the home that was $165 million, literally $165 million on Zillow. I'm just like, like, what? Okay. Somebody, somebody's going to buy it. Somebody can afford it but we can't, you know, and, and that's okay. And I don't personally want to work. Like I don't have that much work in me right now, unless like so something that I invent just all of a sudden blows up. And, just, yeah. yeah. But I don't have that much work in me. I have enough work in me to live in this nice home that we live in and mm-hmm. that's good. But this giving everyone trophies and everyone has to, we want people to be healthy, to be safe, to have good health And it's great that we live in America because everyone has an opportunity to do and to, if you get up and work and you get up and you go out and you hustle, whatever your hustle is, if you're the best at it and you keep grinding, there's no reason why you can't achieve. There's no reason why you can't go on vacations or buy that car that you want to buy. If you put the work in, because guess what? We live in America. We live in a place where you have those opportunities. We live in a place and no where no one's holding you back. No one is holding you back but yourself. If you don't get up until 12 o'clock in the afternoon, but the other person's gotten up at 5 a.m. and they've started their day and gotten everything done before you even roll over, that's on you. We live in America where you have an opportunity to do and to achieve, to go to school, to get an education, to work, whether it's a part-time job, a full-time job, whether you're cutting grass, whether you are selling candy, whether you're the girl at, not to say gay for an old department <laughs> store, it doesn't matter what you're doing. As long as you are doing it to the best of your ability and continuing to do it and saving and Googling mm-hmm. stuff and, and mm-hmm. researching stuff, there's so much out there for you to find, to do, to learn. I tell my right. kids this all the time. You can do it. Nobody's holding you back. You live. We're Americans, not Americans. Right. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And it's the American dream. Yeah. We don't pretend that people don't have hard times. Absolutely. We don't pretend that there aren't food deserts and that there aren't education deserts. We do firmly believe that the best policies to overcome food deserts, the best policies to create opportunities in areas where there are no opportunities Mm -hmm. are conservative policies. We believe that investing in underserved communities that create jobs rather than investing to dependency, though that's the way out. Right. You know, what so- thing if you show a man how, how to fish, fish, he'll never go hungry. Exactly. You know what I mean? You show him how to put that worm on the hook and cast that net out there. He will always have food because he now you, you've taught him how to do something, how to do it. You know what I mean? That's one of the ways I actually always describe my politics is that and it is pulling you up by the bootstraps, right? You pull someone up by the bootstraps, you show them a path and you say, go ahead, 
Now go do your thing. And I think that's exactly for me why I've always believed in conservative policies is because I want to invest in those areas, not pull people out and then say, we're pulling you out. We're putting you where we think we know better than you do. We're going to put you over here and now we're going to give you money so that way you can try to live there. But that doesn't work. I mean, major cities, whether it's D.C. or L.A. or Boston or New York are really, really expensive. And instead, invest in communities, bring those communities, lift them up, give them opportunities to create business. It's the whole college thing. Let's take debt away from everyone. Okay, well, it sounds good in theory, but it's not. It actually, number one, you can't do it. Number two, where do you stop it? Where do you say we're not going to do this anymore? So we paid, but no one else has to pay. And how many years do you do it for in a debt forgiveness? So you want to talk about fair. How is this fair to anyone? You make a decision to go to a school. There are lots of great state universities. I went to one. I went to Stony Brook on Long Island. My dad died when I was 10. My mom was a single mom, grew up with my immigrant grandparents. My mom said, I could afford to send you to college if you go there, right? It was like $1,400 a semester. It was amazing. Yes, I went to school like with the dinosaurs. So it was really, really inexpensive at that time, but it was expensive to my mother. And her thing was, if you want to go to a private university, then you're going to have to take out loans and you want to go on to law school. It's going to cost you that much more money. So why don't you let me help you make this decision? You go there and then when it comes to law school and you have all those loans, and she was right. I graduated law school with $140,000 worth of debt that you know I then had to pay off. And it's a lot of money when you're that age. So we have these politicians that say, we're gonna take away your debt. Well, instead of taking away their debt, why don't you do this? Why don't you come up with solutions like better trade schools, right? Vogue Tech. Why don't we teach people, hey, you're going to go take electrical engineering classes. You're going to go take classes to be a plumber, a tradesman. And then in that education, teach them business, teach them how to run a business, how to look at books, how to open a business bank account, right? Teach them some financial literacy and put them on the way instead of saying everyone should go to college because we know not everyone should go to college. For everyone. College it's not is for everyone. It's just not for everyone. But it makes them feel good, right? The Bernie Sanders crowd makes them feel good that they're saying, you go to college, you go have fun, and we're going to then take that debt away. But then what do you do? You come out of college with a degree in who knows, and you don't have a profession. You don't know what to do. And I'll tell you, I don't know about you guys, but anytime you try to find a tradesman, good luck. It's like two weeks away before you could get anyone to come in and fix a washing machine. You can live a very upper middle income life with a trades degree, with a trades mm -hmm. certificate. You and can. I think that we should invest more in that. And, you know, I have an MFA in film. No one should be forced to pay for my MFA in film. And that's a good, like some people are going to school for things that are fun, <laughs> but I mean, really, they've got to put food on the table. <laughs> and some things are not doing that. Yeah, so, so, but, and also again, college is not, for everyone. And that is okay. For those that it is, and you want to go, that's awesome. Do it, go and, and graduate and get a career, do whatever. Trade schools are awesome. Go and do that, your trade. And that's awesome as well. Everyone's path is not going to be the same. And that's why, again, we live in America and I think it's the greatest place to be. And our paths aren't going to be the same and we shouldn't be. Why should we pay for the path that you choose? Right. You know, I think that this notion of free college was a, a gold shiny ball that the Dems tried to put in front of young voters' eyes. And clearly they knew they weren't going to do anything about it. And they did increase the voter turnout, but they are also breaking a promise. Right. So, that they knew they were going to break. They knew they, knew they were going to break when they actually said that. So it's like, really? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's again, every one of their policies, right? I, this is kind of like the why I am what I am, because living in such a liberal state and being a thoughtful conservative, right? I've always had Democrats say, oh, you know, why don't you come on this side? You could actually run and win if you become a Democrat, which isn't true. We know that because, you know, the Democratic Party is so polarized right now between the wide spectrum that they have. But 
It's things like this that I fundamentally don't believe in just giving money away, right? And I go back to when I was a kid, there was a time I remember my mother saying, I don't want to go on food stamps. And she had two jobs and was working like 17 hours a day to make sure that that never happened for us. And my brother had Tourette's syndrome and we had, it was at the time of just, you know, things weren't covered. This was something that no one knew about back then. And my mom had to hustle to make sure that she was able to cover the medical bills. And so you look at those lessons, those life lessons that you remember and you're taught when you're paying attention and you grow up in a family that is actually, whether suffering or has everything, but you understand the value of work, you understand the value of family and how important it is. And my mom always said to me, this is why you have to go to school. You have to get your education. You have to keep going until you could go as far as you can go where you can pay for it and you're okay and get a good job, get a good job, work hard and don't ever rely on anyone else. Right. And so these are the things I teach my kids. Then the kids come home and they talk about the things that they talk about in school. And sometimes those things in school don't feel like they are equating to the education part of <laughs> the education, right? So when my mom said, go to school and get your education, that was actual learning subjects, history, math, science, English, literature, something that was going to be applicable later on in school. Today, I feel like a lot of schools are, you know, and this is again coming from the Uber left in what we know better than you do. Again, the, you know, the government intervention, we know better than you do. Let us stupid people put you someplace to live. Let us stupid people tell you where you could work. Let us tell you, you don't have to work. Let us tell you what we're teaching your children. And it's not, no. And I think we're at a point where we saw in the previous round of elections where parents finally said, enough is enough. We are the parent. You will teach our children what you are supposed to teach them. Exactly. Leave the other stuff up to us. Right. Right. And how it should be. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see it's, you know, whether it's on racism, whether it's on women's sports, having daughters, you know, you have a daughter, you know, watching how girls competitive sports are changing before our eyes, wondering what is going to happen in single gender schools. And that is whether it's high school or colleges, what happens to women's businesses. You know, it's so many things that I think the conversations are just not sound policy anymore, right? They have gone into this mysterious box. Everything is a unicorn. Nothing is actually real. <laughs> no, it's not. And when you talk about parents being able to have a voice of what's being taught to their children and what's going on in their schools. That is very important. Our mom was very active in our schools. Our mom knew what was going on in our schools. She was a part of our schools. And that's exactly how it should be. My daughter is at an all women's school, high school, and it's an amazing experience for her. She absolutely loves it. And my concern, you know, right now with who we have in DC and how their policies are going, my fear and concern is that her all women's high school could very well in the next three years before she graduates, no longer be that all women's high school that it is right now, that we chose specifically for her to be around strong young ladies, to feel confident in who she is, to build her voice and to have a male decide on Wednesday that he wants to be a female and he's going to enter that school, it changes the school. It changes the dynamics of mm -hmm. everything. It's no longer, I think Dina said earlier when we were talking about her college, don't, it's no longer a girl's school. It's now a co-ed co school because you're a boy. You're not a girl. And even saying like, you know, I think for conservatives, even moderate Democrats, for us to say that women are women and men are men, that like saying that publicly <laughs> could actually get you in hot water. It could get you in trouble. Oh, yeah. Which is, is it's crazy. Insane. It's crazy. And so crazy. and we're not saying that trans people are bad and that you shouldn't love them. We're saying that women are women and men are men. And that's Period. all we're saying. And 
You have two sexes. Two sexes. Well, the funny thing is, so did you see that Apple came out with a pregnant man emoji? I, I mean, so I, I, I don't understand. That, I thought that it was a joke. I thought that it was some kind of spoof. I was like, there's no way. Like, what are you talking about? You just can't. You just can't. Biology is biology, right? Right. Science is science. Science is science. You can't fake with it. No. And this is a, this is an issue we as conservatives are always made to, oh, you're just being irrational. It's, oh, you're going, it's no big deal. But, but this conversation, even four years ago, the idea that men could menstruate or that women, men could have babies, people, why, nobody's trying to move it to that level. Nobody's, oh, y'all are just being so hyperbolic. Y'all are being outrageous. No, this we're is, here. We're here. We're here. This is where we are, that now we have emojis where men are pregnant. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down with it. It's not even being down with it. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Not, it's not true. A man cannot get pregnant. Period. <laughs> Period. Nothing that he can do. There's no science. There's no surgery. There's nothing that he can do for him to get pregnant. And this is what we want to say very clearly. Because the left has a, they do a really great job of spinning and making us feel like we are not compassionate, like we don't care, like we don't love people, like we don't want to be in community with people. And that's, that's just not the truth. No, we have compassion. We love, we understand that people in some cases have trauma in determining what sex, we totally understand that. But what we want to do is to make sure that we have a seat at the table saying very clearly what we know is the truth, that women are women and men are men, and we won't be bullied by this far left progressive movement that makes us think that men are actually women. We're not going to be bullied that way. We're just not. So they can keep saying it all they want. We just not because you said doesn't make it you true. You can say it loud. Write it down. And just because you post it and just because you form an emoji that, that shows a man, a man pregnant, pregnant, it doesn't make it true at all. It is not. I don't know how many times I can say that it's not true. Well, I mean, hey, look, you know, if maybe they make an emoji of a five foot four, you know, Italian woman who suddenly overnight at 50 years old grows and starts looking like. Kendall Jenner. I mean, I, I would love that because maybe then it would be true because I would look like her, have her body, have her money and have the amount of fun that she has. But instead, I wake up every freaking morning at five foot four and I have aches and pains because I'm getting older. So, I mean, you know, just because you say it is, it just it isn't right. Scientifically, I cannot be stretched and I cannot be made to look 30 years younger. Yeah, I, I said earlier, I, I want to identify as my husband who is a 70-year-old retired Air Force colonel who loves his retirement and lives a life of leisure. I All the time. So I want to identify, I want to identify as a as a retiree without having put in the work and get to have the, you know. She can say that all day long as she sits I'm, next to me being a 40, 49, 49-year-old woman who's not retired and from the NSA who is Still, who still, still has to work every day. Yeah. So we've entered a land of silliness where you can. And just, that's what it is. It's silliness. And as she's a pink professional aunt, no kids. Dina is the best pink in the I world. Am. She really is. She's a five-star general pink. She really is. I am a mom and my children are, they are my son. I said when he was one, he's the, he's the best thing since pockets. He is a handsome young man. He was born a handsome young man. He is a handsome young man today at this place. My daughter is a female. She will remain a female. They love who they are. I think it's just crazy when you when you have people having babies saying, I'm going to let my baby decide what my baby is. Well, to be honest, what happened was before you had that baby, and I'm going to go into my, my faith, for me, when I had my children, before I said, oh, I want to have a boy, I want to have a girl, the God that I serve, he already put it in my, when those children were formed in my womb, he had already decided what they were going to be. So when, when my son was in my womb, I was like, gosh, it would be great if I had a girl that was my first baby. And, and God was like, well, yeah, that's good that that's what you want, but that's he's already, that's, he's already formed. But let, he's me ask, a boy. let me ask you both this. You are both moms. And so this is the thing. I, I believe that women are women and men are men, but we live in this world where 
there are men who decide that they want to be women. That doesn't make them women, but that doesn't mean that people who decide that they're another sex should be excluded from the public square either. Like those people in the public square. But what I'm saying is that just because you decide that you are a woman doesn't mean that you get the government contract for women. Or just because you decide that you want to be a boy today, you don't get to play on my niece's lacrosse team. Even I can say I'm a 70-year-old retired Air Force colonel with service at NSA, but I don't get to stay home and not work anymore. Exactly. And so now here's my thing with this whole topic, right? Because as a mom of girls who are athletes, who I watch them on the field and they are good at what they do. And then, you know, seeing boys grow up, play sports and watch the other boys that my kids have played with over the years, they're just built differently, right? Their speed is different. Their muscles are different. And so what my thing is, is, okay, fine. If you are a parent and your child wants to change, which, you know, I feel like there should be some level on on how old that is, if you're allowing that to happen and it is not from a child and your child is playing against my child, your child should play in the in the category they were born in. You were born a man. You can look like a girl, but you should be playing on the boys team. If you're a girl and you look like a boy, then you can play on the girls team, right? That's that's totally fine. It is based off of your biology, not your choice, right? Because we then run into categories where what if a girl that's five, you know, two and a phenomenal soccer player is like, I want to go play on the Patriots, right? Like, do you have a separate locker room for her? Do you have, have you made all these accommodations? And so, and I'm not picking on the Patriots. I'm not picking on, you know, tiny little girls because I have tiny little girls. But, you know, I'm just saying, I think in that case, you compete. Leah Thomas should be competing against guys, not competing against women. And I think it's a really sad state. I I saw a woman at an airport and she was wearing a t-shirt that said, protect trans kids. Okay, fine. Except for the fact she's holding about a one month old in her arms that was in a onesie that had flowers all over it. And we were very confused. Are you saying that you decided your boy was going to be a girl. Did you decide, or do you have a girl that you are planning on changing her? And is it because you have a political ax to grind because you are messing with, there are so many components, right? It's like abortion. When I was running for office at Planned Parenthood said, you know, do you support the right 16 year olds to have the right to get an abortion without parental consent? I was like, no, I have a 16 year old. That sounds crazy. Just like they shouldn't be allowed to vote. I'm almost opposed to them having their license at that age, except that it's more helpful to me. But I mean, like, I'm opposed to them voting. I'm definitely opposed to them being able to make that decision. Their frontal lobe scientifically is not fully developed until sometime in their 20s. Why would you allow a child to make this decision without her mother's consent or father's consent or judge's consent? And I understand there are some kids that don't have a biological parent, but there is a guardian that is provided for that child that they should be able to talk to or the judge or, you know, whatever. Anyway, point of the matter is this. Anytime a kid makes a decision or a parent makes a bad decision for a child, there are repercussions of those decisions that are long lasting, that go forever. And the mental effects that we have seen on kids from adults shutting down schools, keeping kids home, putting masks on kids, keeping them six feet apart from their classmates, not letting them see and read their teachers' faces by people acting scared around them. We now see reports in every single major periodical on the fact that kids are suffering depression at record levels. These are adults that made very, very poor decisions. We need to take some accountability and adults need to make good decisions, not bad decisions. The adults, and quite frankly, we're seeing now that somewhere between, I think, 65 to 70% of the people who make the decision that they want to be another sex, like when they're underage, right. that they turn that they decide it's, that they don't. Right. So they change their mind. Yeah, they change their mind. I mean, Didi wanted to be a butterfly when we were kids. <laughs> like, I, wanted, I wanted to be a nun and a sheriff. <laughs> 
Like, hello. I wanted to be a ballerina. (laughs) I mean, I do. You said it earlier. It's silly. And again, not trying to hurt anyone's feelings or being mean or dismissive of anyone. That's not it at all. But the left decides when they want to follow the science. Science says there are two sexes, male, female. That's it. So there's not 81, but there's a male and a female. And males' bodies, the smallest man, his muscle mass is completely different than my muscle mass. It's his arm, his hands, his fingers, phalanges, or whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. these things. They're all just very different. And to think that it's okay for a man to say, yes, I'm a female now. I'm going to put on red lipstick and I'm going to put on, I don't know what female wears pantyhose right, right now. But this is nothing like, I don't want to be a contrarian, but people can do that if they want They to. can. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I can I'm go, not, I can go, hold on. I can go stand outside and stand like this. And I can put uh, cherry, I mean, I can hang cherry earrings or cher- real cherries all over me and I can be a cherry tree. No, Didi, but let me just say, no, I can't, I can't do, I mean, I agree, I agree, you can't, but this is what I'm saying, if trans people want to be trans people, like, I don't personally morally agree with it, but who, a lot of people don't agree with my moral choices, but the bottom, let me finish, I can see you about to jump in, Okay. but this is what I'm saying, if a man wants to physically become, you know, change, go have a a surgery, hormone, do all this stuff, people can do, grown people, can do what grown people want to do, right? But what I'm saying is if you make that choice, that's a different category. You're not a woman. You're a trans. And you're so trans. Maybe, maybe there can be a trans athletic League. group. Right. You know, but you're not a woman. Right. And, and and I also say this, and if and I don't think that trans people should be harassed in the subway. They no, shouldn't not at all. Right. Trans no. people should not be excluded from jobs or, or, you know, no, no. buying this, a home. What you said, there minute, should be a category say, for trans individuals doing, and because I'm thinking of a I know, sport thing but, and I forgot But what, what I'm was. saying is, and I, this is going to be like trans people, you teach at, you, your kids go to Catholic schools. There are religious beliefs that, so I'm not saying that, that a Catholic school should be forced to hire a trans person. I'm not saying that at all. I think religious institutions, you know, Buddhist Judaism, all the, you know, everybody have their own rules, do what you got to do. Right. But I'm saying that in the public square, we cannot attack, humiliate, degrade trans people, but trans people, you are not a woman and you're not a man. So I don't mean to hurt your feelings. I may hurt your feelings, but it also hurts my feelings that I can't wear the size six jeans that my sister wears. (laughs) Right. It makes me feel bad. I don't look like Kendall Jenner. It makes me sad that, like, I'm looking at you, Jennifer, you have her arms. Her arms. They don't wave back. Your arms are beautiful. Right. What? If I wave at it you right my... now, my arm yeah. is going to wave back. It hurts <laughs> I don't have your arms, but I don't. So it is and what so it is. what real quick, what I'm saying is that, so you're right. Trans people, for me, have individuals who are amputees. They have a Special Olympics group. That's not Yes. It is Special Olympics. Isn't it special? I don't think that's Jennifer. They have, I think they have, I think it is para, is it Paralympics? Paralympics, Paralympics, I'm sorry. (laughs) So it's Paralympics. So Paralympics, if you have, if you're an amputee or something like that, you have a Paralympics. Why can't you? (laughs) (laughs) I wish, I wish that you could see them laughing because on my end, we're doing a Zoom and it's great (laughs) to watch. How sisters interact. It is absolutely what you would think that sisters do. <laughs> okay. So Paralympics, Trans Olympics, why can't they have their own group? Like, like he shouldn't play in the same sport, the same lacrosse team that my daughter's going to play in. She's a great goalie, but if he's on the field throwing a ball and he's a midi and he's throwing the ball at her, it's going to completely, whether she's completely protected head to bottom, that ball comes yeah. completely different. So have your own group and then right. people say well when you have if they have their own group you're sing- you're singling them out but you're singling yourself out because you are not a man and you are not and you don't want to be the woman that you were born you know what i mean right but it doesn't this conversation is again like going back to us having our conservative principles goes back to everything else it is you however you feel like you want to be 
that's fine. As an adult, we all get to make decisions. We decide if we want to wake up in the morning and get dressed and go to work. We decide when we want to go to sleep, if we want to eat, what we want to eat. And that is a decision that we all get to make as adults. Adults should, one, not be making this decision for kids. And that is whether you are going to change your child's gender because that makes you feel like you are more compassionate to humankind, that that's the parents who throw their kids over the border wall or send their kids with coyotes. We as parents should be protecting our children. When you're an adult, you make that decision. If you want to come into the U.S., Legally, we want you. We want you to work. We want you to be part of our communities. We want to hire you. We want you to go to your kids to go to school with our kids. When you come over the border illegally, you are making that decision. You are making the decision to do an illegal act. And whatever happens to you from that point on is what happens to you. If you go and rob a store, you will be prosecuted. If you decide that you can't afford that Chanel handbag and you're not running your car through the store window, and you're going to say, I will one day earn that or never have it because I'm not entitled to it. It goes on where you live. You're not entitled to live in Bel Air. <laughs> you, you should live where you can afford to live. And it's just, it runs the entire gamut. And I don't know why we need to feel, be made to feel bad about our views of what we see as fairness. Fairness isn't that everyone has the same thing. We do not live in a, you know, in a socialist society. We do not, we live in a capitalistic society. If you want to live in the U.S., live here. But Ilhan Omar, if you don't like it, leave go someplace else. No one is keeping you here. There are lots of other countries that people leave to come here. We should have people, if you don't like being an American and you don't like the policies, leave and go someplace else. That's simple. Simple. It's I mean, very simple. And we, you know, we feel like America is the greatest nation ever conceived. And we believe in access to opportunity, not access to outcomes, you know? And so that's how we, we, we were always taught that way, you know, work hard. And there are things about America that we want to, we want to change and we want to fix, but we fix it by building it up, not by trying to destroy it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I think that's why these conversations are great, right? Because as women, we know women who are afraid to have a voice that is not, is going to sound different. It's like, how many times have you guys, someone said to you, oh my God, you're a Republican, you know, or or shouldn't you be a Democrat because you're a woman? And you're like, hmm, I didn't know that my gender defined my political ideology. That's so oh, we crazy to me. We're black. Yeah. And we're <laughs> yeah you guys get it. <laughs> like, it never fails whenever I go vote. It never fails. The women that are there or the man that's there. Because we, well, we live in, we live in the People's Republic of Maryland. Yes. And we happen to live in a beautiful county, Prince George's County, but it is all, it's the bluest of blue bluest and blue. And so when I go vote, they're looking, they look down and they look up and they look down and they look up and they're like, oh, you, do you want to change anything? No, nope. everything's good. <laughs> That's right there. Dee Dee Basswell Bond, Republican. That's who I am. It's amazing, right? But that's why I always feel like I was at a meeting and I said, you know, if I host a political roundtable once a month and I said, if people want to come, you know, they come and I have both sides of the aisle and they come knowing who I am and what I am because I walk around Boston with a big red target on my back. That is the Republican and everyone knows it. And, you know, the store owners know it and, and my friends know it and other people know it. But I hope that when you see me and I'm wearing my jeans and my combat boots and, you know, I look like everyone else walking around a city and I don't look like I'm evil. I don't look like I want to take away your rights from you or not give you anything and, you know, throw you in a hole and keep you there, you know, kick you out of the country. I, I want everyone to have the same opportunities that I did, which was not growing up with a platinum spoon in my mouth. I had to create those opportunities for myself. And if you, you know, it's always that don't judge a book by its cover. Like you can't look at me and be like, oh, well, you just say that because, well, I worked my tail off to get to a certain point. I want everyone to have those opportunities, but I don't think we should give it to you. And I think 
parents need to learn to be parents and not to be pansies. Like you can't just have your kid tell you tonight we're having hot dogs. I'm going to sleep at midnight. I know I'm 10. I want a shot of tequila. Maybe I want to take a cannabis gummy. And hey, mom, I heard about this heroin thing at school. How about we we try some of that? Parents need to grow a spine, be parents, make good decisions. And I think we as a country need to be able to have civil discourse. We need to be able to have conversations that are uncomfortable, but they have to be uncomfortable for everyone. They can't just be, this is uncomfortable for you because you're on the right. It's uncomfortable for everyone to actually have to listen and to hear what other people are saying. And you know, at the day, Didi's really good about this. And like, we're not going to celebrate other people's things that we don't support. And I feel like that's what the left wants us to do. They don't even, at one point, they didn't want us at the table. But if we're at the table, they want us to celebrate them. I don't need you to celebrate me. I just need you to hear me. You know, you, I, like, I don't need you to, to agree with me, to champion me, to wear my T-shirt and go rah-rah, you know, the Bass Sisters. I don't need that. I don't need that. Didi doesn't need that. We just want you to hear us and respect us. The left doesn't want, they just, they don't want respect anymore. We must wear their banners, champion their causes. We must be forced with our, with our tax dollars, with our social media. We must be forced to celebrate their causes and we just won't do it. Right. And it's not fair that when you don't, that you are kicked out, you are canceled, you Mm -hmm. are called names or looked at as as an evil person or your family's targeted or whatever. Everybody should have an opportunity to say and voice their opinions of who they are and what they support and what they don't support. And my children are going to be first. And what's best for my children is what I'm going to do and support and and making sure that they know who they are, whose they are, and love exactly how we're raising them. Some people may say on the left, well, I've had this baby. Why, why can't I let this child decide? I have this couple that you saw in the airport. They had a baby. Let's say it was a boy. When they say, why can't I let this boy decide that he is a girl? And they don't, they're not coming from it from any faith-based beliefs or anything, but they're just saying, well, I'm going to let the babies decide, but you can't let the baby decide because science says that you are a female. And I know that this, you call, you're calling this other female, your husband, but this other female is a female and somebody, a male had to come together with you and one of these females that had to make the baby. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It doesn't make sense to me. And so you've got to you want to stop. <laughs> it becomes confusing. <laughs> it, exactly. It becomes very confusing so much so that you get tongue tied trying to explain it because it's and, like, and, and what the, the really scary thing is, and this is why we don't do a lot of lies, <laughs> but the real scary thing is, is that what Didi has just said is enough to, if we, fortunately we work for ourselves, aren't we, God bless us. We, we, we hustle for ourselves. Right. right. But if we worked at any job for people who have power, what she just said could get us fired. Like what she just said, it could actually, actually get us fired. It could get you kicked off Twitter right now. Right. Before Elon Musk buys it. But if we actually did not own our own business, you could be fired for what you just said. Okay. But you know what? Here's the thing. If you don't like it, one, you don't have to listen. Two, just have a conversation and explain your feelings, right? It, again, it goes back to the uncomfortable conversations. Why does everyone have to feel, oh no, that hurt my feelings? Yeah, you know what? Your feelings get hurt sometimes. And so instead, have a conversation, listen to the other side and understand where they're coming from, which, you know, again, over and over and over in politics, it is a lack of listening. It is a lack of understanding. It's a lack of wanting to have the conversation. It's my way or the highway. And I feel like we see that so much more now coming from the left than coming from our side. And I just hope that, you know, you all and myself, we can empower women to go and have those uncomfortable conversations that pulls them out of their comfort zone and lets them help educate 
others on their perspective that we're not just all one people. We all did not have the same experiences, the same upbringing, the same faith background, the same education. And I think it's really good and really healthy for society. So I love having you two on, and I hope that we could collaborate and do this again in the future because Didi and Dina, you guys are just amazing. And I could talk to you all day long. So we so enjoyed it. And we're going to have to have you on our podcast. I would love it. Can I talk about my 18 year old and how she had a party at her dad's house and she's like totally in trouble right now? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I've got can we (laughs) just do it? I'm like the other day I was going to do a whole podcast on what it's like to be a divorced mom of two teenage girls and a pre and a starting puberty kid. And (laughs) what what that whole scene is like and, (laughs) and lateral parenting. Yeah. So that's going to be a show. I'm going to just deviate from politics and go right into that. I had to hold myself back. Absolutely. I feared she would kill me. <laughs> but ladies, thank you so much for being on with me. I hope, I hope, first of all, give a plug for your wonderful book and for your website and your podcast before we go. Yes. So the website is policyandpoundcake.com mm-hmm. and the book is prayer and pound cake. So you can get the book at prayerandpoundcake.com. You can listen at policy and poundcake.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you ladies for being here. The Bass Sisters, you guys are great. I'm so happy that we uh, became friends and got to meet. So have a wonderful day. And thanks to you for listening to me, Jennifer Nassor, at Political Contessa, politicalcontessa.com. Stay happy, healthy, and safe. Thanks so much for listening to Political Contessa. For all the ways to listen and to get the inside scoop on what's happening in center-right politics for women like us, head over to politicalcontessa.com. 